A Dave Payette repost. 9-11, search for the truth. Most of it is right in front of you, and what you will find will surprise you. This post is too long for email. Please click through to view it online. I have links to Dave Payette's substack in the original post. The most important truth of all about 9-11 is staring us right in the face. All we have to do to see it is to open our eyes and expend even a modicum of effort. That truth is, the official narrative is comprehensively false. It is a cover-up. For the uninitiated, I could remind you how the World Trade Center Building 7, which was not hit by aircraft, mysteriously collapsed at 5.20 p.m., almost seven and a half hours after the second South Tower fell that morning. We could ponder how at no time prior to September 11, 2001, and at any time since, has fire brought down a standing skyscraper, despite there being dozens and dozens of examples of such fires for comparison purposes. As with COVID-19, science was suspended and completely upended in a very short space of time. We could discuss how all three World Trade Center buildings that collapsed that day fell like near-perfect examples of controlled demolition, or how real science tells us that heat in excess of 2,750 degrees Fahrenheit would have been required for a sustained period to melt the steel beams of these structures, whereas the jet fuel would have only been between 750 to 1,500 degrees, and as the color of the smoke on impact confirms, it burned out quickly. Therefore, it is obvious, as one researcher states, that, quote, Common sense suggests that steel beams should not yield under burning jet fuel without the presence of other substances that produce very high temperatures when burning, such as thermite. We could look at how Larry Silverstein, who already owned World Trade Center 7, purchased the Twin Towers in a leveraged buyout which required only $15 million of his own money just a few weeks before 9-11 or how even though the Twin Towers were already widely understood to be a white elephant, Silverstein insured them for billions, sought a $12.3 billion payout, and was ultimately awarded $4.6 billion. We could point out how Silverstein later slipped up regarding World Trade Center 7 by saying he, quote, remembered getting a call from the fire department commander telling me that they were not sure they were going to be able to contain the fire, and I said, you know, we've had such a terrible loss of life, maybe the smartest thing to do is pull it. And they made that decision to pull, and we watched the building collapse. Given that the New York Fire Department has no record of such a call, that no fire chief commander has ever since corroborated Silverstein's version of events, that World Trade Center 7 was empty by this time, and considering that a controlled demolition would have taken days or weeks to stage, we might question Silverstein about his comments. Sadly, no one in any position of authority ever has, let alone the 9-11 Commission. We could look at to the infamous and now disbanded or rebranded neocon think tank, Project for a New American Century, PNAC. Quote, its main objective was to promote American global leadership and establish a global American empire to bend the will of all nations. PNAC chafed at the idea that the United States, the last remaining superpower 
does not do more by way of economic and military force to bring the West, rest of the world under the umbrella of a new socioeconomic Pax Americana, unquote. We could look rather suspiciously on how PNAC became notorious for articulating the need for a, quote, new Pearl Harbor in its 2000 policy paper, Rebuilding America's Defenses, and how many of its neocon members joined the Bush administration months later and went on to become key figures perpetrating the war on terror, which followed. We could consider the truly extraordinary insider trading that went on in and via World Trade Center 7, via AIG's Marsh McClendon servers prior to and after the Twin Tower hits, how the cutting-edge application program that facilitated this trading was contracted for months in advance with a September deadline and a team of over 60 programmers working around the clock to complete it, and how, of course, records of all those trades were destroyed with World Trade Center 7's collapse. We could muse about how there is actually a real-life whistleblower who worked at said contractor who's had much to say about all of this. We might think about insider trading more generally in the days leading up to 9-11 and how United and American Airlines were both expressly singled out with massive short sales along with the insurance sector while options for defense contractors skyrocketed. We could discuss how both the SEC and the media even cited and set out in apparent earnest to investigate these anomalies, but then suddenly went permanently quiet on the matter when initial investigations did not lead to Al-Qaeda or other suspected Middle Eastern terrorist organizations. We could ask ourselves why we never really stopped to think about the anomalies of World Trade Center 7 or the aborted SEC investigations before even though these are things that most of us who were adults at the time would have been aware of, at least superficially. We could marvel at the good fortune of not just Silverstein, but of the top executives of Marsh McLennan, as well as of so many top executives of the major investment banks with offices in the World Trade Center, who survived that day because most of them simply were not there. Everyone had a lie-in on that morning, it seems. That is, except for Silverstein, who was at a dermatologic appointment. We could discuss how Ground Zero was cordoned off, similar to how Lahaina is now, such that any serious media and independent third-party investigations would be hampered, if not thwarted completely. Then there was the way all the wreckage of the Twin Towers, which which many contend was replete with thermite, was moved off-site at a phenomenal speed under the strictest of surveillance and instead of being preserved, was sold and shipped to China for scrap. We could note how this was actually illegal under U.S. law because it was. We might remember how the Bush administration did everything it could to stonewall a formal investigation into 9-11 for well over a year. How after finally capitulating to public pressure, the administration assigned the nefarious Henry Kissinger to lead the investigation and how Kissinger then promptly resigned about five seconds after a 9-11 victim's mother asked him whether Kissinger Associates had any clients named Bin Laden. We could be surprised by how the Bush administration sabotaged and starved the 9-11 commission for funds to the point that even its congressional leaders acknowledged after the fact that they were set up to fail. 
We might recall how it was a matter of public record throughout 2000 and 2001 that the Pentagon had misplaced $2.3 trillion of public money, something which Secretary of Defense Donald Rumsfeld himself acknowledged to the press the day before the attacks. We could marvel at how, thanks to the war on terror that followed, that theft ballooned to well over $5 trillion in missing funds by 2008, and how it must surely be well in excess of 10 by now. But never mind, there's surely nothing to see here, as this was just an unavoidable byproduct of a series of necessary wars. There are so, so many anomalies we could discuss, maybe a hundred or more. We could even keep it simple by focusing on how there was still no absolutely plausible explanation from the Bush administration or any administration since on what caused World Trade Center 7 to collapse or how the 9-11 Commission ignored the issue altogether. We could look at how there was no identifiable plane wreckage at all at the Shanksville crash site in Pennsylvania where the United Flight 93 is said to have gone down. We could say the same thing about the exterior of the Pentagon and the American Airlines Flight 77 and how the initial hole in the Pentagon was far too small for an aircraft that size. Note that photos from immediately after the attack, before more of the exterior structure of the Pentagon collapsed, are increasingly hard to find online, but you can still find see this in footage, including many of the links I provide in supplemental, and you will see that the hole is indeed too small. We could gasp at how Hani Hanjur, a supposed, a supposed Muslim terrorist, who by all accounts from his flight instructors was an absolutely dismal student, who would never qualify as a pilot even on a single-engine aircraft. Yet Hanjur was supposedly able to execute a sharp de- turn and quick descent and dive towards the Pentagon, slamming the outer wall reportedly between the first and second floors or the third and fourth, per other reports, with a commercial jetliner, a flight execution so extraordinary that many seasoned commercial airline pilots who flew the same aircraft said they could never have done the same. And we might query how and why Hanjur went out of his way to fly around the Pentagon and hit its west side, which happened to be an area that was recently fitted with strong reinforcements and also housed many of the accounting team members who were searching for the missing $2.3 trillion, when he could have just gone straight into the east side where Donald Rumsfeld's office was located as a matter of public record. We could and should question how NORAD, the North American Aerospace Defense Command, and all the intelligence, security, and defense agencies who take billions and trillions from us comprehensively failed to prevent 9-11. Believe me, this in itself is an extraordinary story to study. We might also ask how and why no one senior was fired. Ditto for how and why it was that all 9-11 seemed to do was to concentrate vast amounts of additional power and money into the hands of the very same people who comprehensively failed us. We might then consider what they did with all that money and power and whether the war on terror was really what we thought it was after all. We could question the stupid stuff, such as why all the security cameras on the west side of the Pentagon, what should have been the world's most secure building, were at first said to have been mysteriously turned off on that fateful morning, 
or how we were later told footage could not be released for security reasons. We might ask why the one video we are allowed to have access to shows no clear indication that the flying object that hit the Pentagon was a commercial jetliner. Or other stupid stuff, such as how despite all the airport security cameras they must have passed, there is only one scant image of the two alleged terrorists that day, or how even to this day none of the 9-11 passenger manifests have been released and no eyewitnesses on the ground at the airports in question, including airline staff, identified any of the terrorists after the fact. Then there is my favorite, which is how one of the alleged terrorist passports was miraculously found on the street near the Twin Towers in good condition, whereas not even the black boxes of the aircraft that are said to have hit those towers were recoverable. Yes, we could go on and on. But this post is long enough already, and I am no expert, so I should not try to duplicate or reiterate in full what has already been done so well and so thoroughly by so many people who are far more qualified than I on this subject. It would be futile, and doing it properly might hurt the cause more than it helps. However, I've spent hundreds of hours myself reading and watching the works of experts in this area, so I will close now by sharing my own conclusions and by pointing those who are not already in the know in the right direction with extensive links to books and documentaries. I'm sure you will find them useful should you choose to do your own investigations, and I sincerely hope you will. In my considered view, as with the JFK assassination and others, 9-11 has been the deep states, has the deep states fingerprints all over it. It was an inside job largely executed by a small faction of senior figures in the executive, the Department of Defense, and the security services of the United States. These individuals are by no means alone. Many senior figures elsewhere in the wider establishment were at least in the know and, as many authors have compellingly argued, there is ample evidence to suggest that this was an international effort with supports from figures in British and Israeli intelligence who were, are, part of, or work for the same faction. Making sense of this requires recognizing that our governments do not work for us and that they are controlled by those who are much more powerful than they. This has been so for well over a hundred years at least. It is this globalist cabal, which I refer to frequently on this substack, that is really in charge. They have an agenda and they are no longer keeping it secret. All you need to do is recognize that they also own and control the media and big tech and therefore disregard these sources of information and do your own research elsewhere. Do that and I'm sure you will eventually see it, even if you strongly doubt it now. For now, if you do not know or still do not believe that 9-11 was an inside job, challenge yourself to find out one way or the other for sure. Understanding the truth about 9-11 and other conspiracies of that magnitude, such as the JFK assassination and the fraud of the Apollo moon landings, is critical to understanding where we are now in the COVID era and who and what forces are really behind this evil.